Welcome to the Wild Soul Cast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. Welcome to episode 7 of the Wild Soul Cast. This is your host, Anna Kinkela, and today we are going to be diving into embodied leadership through the five elements, the second segment of this series. We're going to be talking about the water element. If you have not checked out last week's episode, which was really the start of this series, Embodied Leadership Through the Five Elements. I highly recommend that you go back and listen to that. Um, These episodes can definitely be consumed separately. And in the very first episode of the series, I talk a lot about why I look at leadership through this lens and how that can really be helpful for you as you are rising in your own personal leadership And um, as you're even working through different layers of shadow, because even though we are talking about the five elements here, each one of the five elements corresponds to a layer of our consciousness, to a layer of our experience and way of being. And so it will give you more of an entire picture, the big picture of what I am talking about here and will help you with another layer of your consciousness, another layer of the way that you are, and it will help you deepen in relationship with yourself through the shadow and light aspects of each element. As I mentioned last week, this is really the lens through which I view individual as well as collective leadership. And I do that because we are so innately connected with nature and we carry all of the elements of nature within our own physical body. And our physical body is the entryway into both our conscious and unconscious realm and also the entryway into our highest self. So everything is in the body and we need to connect deeply with the body, connect deeply with the elements in order for us to really move through the shadows so we can embody the light. And so I am launching a group program starting the week of October 22nd, and the program is 12 weeks long, and each one of the modules corresponds to a specific element. And within each element, we dive into the shadow and light aspects. As we dive into the shadow and light aspects, of you as it relates to that particular element. So I'm so excited about this program. It's an amazing program and I cannot wait to have the amazing women that are being called into this space as we collectively really learn how to integrate the shadow and embody who you, who we truly are at an integral deep soul level. If that is something that you are interested in exploring further, seeing if it's something that calls to you, there are links in the notes section 
and you can feel free to follow the links and check it out for more information and how to get in touch with me. So let's dive into the water element. This is one of my favorite um, sections of the group, one of my favorite things to talk about for two reasons. The first one being that I deeply connect with water in all forms. I'm just a water person. Um, and the second one being is that water is really representative of our emotional realm. And I love talking about our emotions because I think it's such an important thing for us to master within our individual leadership. In a general sense, when I think about the messages that we receive about leadership, emotions aren't very high on the priority list in terms of things that you need to know about, things that you need to master within yourself in order to really lead effectively, whether it's personally or collectively. And so I really want to switch the dialogue on that because emotions are one of the most important things that we can really know about ourselves and one of the most important things that we really have to know how to hold space for in others if we want to lead others. So that's why we're talking about emotions and the emotions that we avoid in our own personal journey are the gateway into us delving deeper into some shadow aspects that have been unconscious in our lives. And so what I want to do is both talk about the importance of emotions and how we lead others and, and how we lead our lives, and also really position them as an entryway into deeper unconscious shadow pieces that we have been either consciously or unconsciously avoiding in our life and in our business. But first, let's tune into the qualities of the water element. So as I spoke about in the last episode, each one of us has certain associations when it comes to each element in terms of how we experience that element. And it really goes back to our memories, our experiences from the past. And so I want you to just take a moment and close your eyes if you're able to, if you're not driving. And tune in to what comes up for you as you think about the water element. What are some qualities, some memories, some associations that come to the surface? And now I just want you to imagine yourself floating on the surface of the water in the sea. So your body is being supported by the water and the waves are very gentle and you're just allowing yourself to release and be in the experience of floating on the water. And just tune into how you feel. How do you notice your body moving with each wave 
What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you smelling? And just allow yourself to feel what your body is feeling. Tune into the state. Your emotional state. Your physical state. Your spiritual state. As well as your mental state. What's a good word to describe the sensations that you're having as you're floating on the water? So I don't know what the experience was like for you. And everyone's going to have a little bit of a different experience. And some people might even be afraid of the water, right? So this might not be something that's peaceful to them. But I know for me individually, there the word that describes how I feel is peaceful, calm, collected. And like I'm just gliding on the surface of the water, that I'm flowing with the waves instead of against them. And so I think that this is such a powerful metaphor for how we really learn and how we practice flowing with our emotions. I know that for most people, emotions can either be very overwhelming on one extreme, right? And so it feels like the waves are so big and so strong and so overwhelming that they make you feel like you are drowning or not able to really see the land right in front of you. Like you feel like you are being consumed by the emotion in some way, right? And so that's on one extreme. And then on the other extreme, maybe it's hard for you to tune into emotions at all. You might see a little bit of a wave and you kind of register one type of emotion, but perhaps it kind of feels like you're outside of your body. Like you're not really feeling your emotions, like you're disconnected from them in some way. And so that's really the opposite of embodiment because when we're embodied, we are experiencing what we're experiencing. We know what it is, but we don't feel overwhelmed by it. We know what to do with it, right? So as we dive into this particular element, it's all about learning how to be somewhere in the middle where we're feeling and experiencing our emotions, but we're also not being overwhelmed by them. And so all of us, no matter how much personal development we've done, struggle on some level with some emotion in our experience. From the outside, I think that this can seem pretty elemental and basic because a lot of what I just described right now is just basic, like managing your emotions. And in some ways it is. And each one of us, no matter how much personal development we've done, no matter how much work we've done, have certain emotions that we have avoided or certain emotions that are more difficult for us to hold. And also plenty of emotions that we are not even aware of that are surfacing 
into our life, but we're not labeling them, we're not seeing them, and we're not really learning or creating space for them. So I typically work with clients who have done a ton of personal development. They kind of know, um, you know, how to manage their emotions. They, you know, it's not like they're struggling to live every day in their life or that they're so numbed out that they don't know what's going on. But what I do find is that there are certain states of being, certain emotions that feel really triggering for them or feel really hard for them or emotions that they're not even acknowledging or appearing in their life. And those are really the emotions that we need to explore, that we need to dive deeper into because they're the gateway into some shadow pieces that are creating patterns in their life and in their business that aren't really serving their highest good, that aren't really um, helping them be embodied leaders at an integrated level. And before diving a little bit deeper on this, I want to bring up this piece about how in our culture, we are very much taught that certain emotions are good and certain emotions are bad. And whether or not we feed into that cultural narrative, whether or not we consciously know that that's not the case, we are still very much operating from that space. So when we feel quote unquote good emotions, we are chasing those good emotions and we're unconsciously doing the work of pushing away what we typically categorize as quote unquote bad emotions. And so first off, what I want to lay the foundational groundwork on here is that there are no good or bad emotions. I really try to stay away from labeling anything as good or bad. They're just emotions and some of them are comfortable and some of them are uncomfortable. And what I want to challenge all of us to do is to learn how to truly integrate the uncomfortable with our comfortable so that we stop chasing just the comfort in our life. Because when we start to just chase the comfortable things, we often ignore the uncomfortable things and the uncomfortable things actually really need to be witnessed and integrated into our experience so that we are showing up in our vulnerability and in our strength. The vulnerability is actually what helps us embody our strength. Because if we're not able to be vulnerable with ourselves and vulnerable with others to an appropriate degree, there's always boundaries with vulnerability, right? Then we're not actually showing ourselves as human beings. We're not showing ourselves as whole people that are coming to the table. And when we don't see ourselves or experience ourselves as whole people, we're very much going to be acting from the space of not enoughness, the space of not being enough, not loving ourselves enough, right? And so when we are able to feel our wholeness and feel the entire spectrum of emotions that we have, that is where the magic is. That is where embodiment lies. So as you do this work, it is about both recognizing what are the unconscious ways that you handle or avoid your emotions that are just written into your programming, right? So this goes back to how are emotions treated in your household when you were a child? 
how were you taught to deal with your emotions? Were you taught to deal with them at all? Were you silenced when you talked about your feelings? Were you shamed when you talked about your feelings, right? And so it's all of those kind of historical things from your life and also just how society teaches us to deal or not deal with our emotions, right? Those things are all programmed into our awareness. And also depending on what gender you were raised in, right? If you were raised as a woman or if you were raised as a man, there are certain social and cultural aspects to what it means to be a man and a woman in the society. And you definitely get programmed to handle your emotions based on whether you're a man or a woman. So for women, typically, at least in this culture, and this is why culture is important because depending on where you were born, where you grew up, um, what your family of origin is, this might be different. But um, typically in the United States, for sure, women are taught or women, you know, our society teaches us that women are overly emotional. So, you know, women are definitely allowed to have a lot of emotions, but if we have emotions, then um, a lot of the time they're labeled as irrational. Like we have too many and that our emotions actually prevent us from fully showing up as leaders, um, as CEOs, right? As people who run successful businesses and that emotions are somehow a hindrance or that are bad in general, which is why we get that message that you know, emotions and leadership and business don't go together when in fact they're pretty crucial to us being effective leaders. So women receive that message and there are certain emotions that women are taught are not acceptable. Like for instance, anger. Anger is super not acceptable for a woman to experience or show because then you become the angry woman or the angry feminist or you know, the angry black woman, whatever identity is visible to another person, right? So you get put into this category of, oh, she's angry and therefore she's not making sense and it's my permission to kind of dismiss her or to treat her like, you know, she's being overly emotional and she can't handle herself along those lines, right? Women are also typically shamed quite often and shame is such a huge dialogue in our culture as it relates to women. Now, shame, you typically think of shame as bad again. And shame is not bad or good. It just is. Um, but shame is definitely used as a weapon in our society against women. So whether it's shaming a woman for being dressed a certain way, shaming a woman for, you know, drinking too much and then being sexually assaulted, right? There's a lot of shame in that. Shaming women for sleeping with a lot of people or not wanting to sleep with anyone, right? And so there's shame on both sides of the spectrum. So shame is can be a very heavy emotion for most women and can also be something that keeps them stuck quite a bit in their own personal experiences or just keeps them stuck in processing traumatic events that have happened to them in the past. For men, on the other hand, what society tends to teach them is that emotions are not permissible 
and that emotions make you weak. So if a man shows the continuum of emotional experience or cries, then he often gets called a derogatory term that often minimizes or um, really kind of shames women for their emotions. So without saying them out loud on the show, I think we all know what that is. They get called, you know, a women's genital part or, um, you know, something similar where they really then get ushered back into the quote unquote man box of what it means to perform being a man in um, this society. And of course, being called derogatory names um, and, you know, being told that you're weak in some way is really usually not permissible for a man because they're supposed to be strong and really capable and all of those things, which society kind of positions that women are not because of their emotions, right? So, you know, typically there's a lot of shame involved for men within this space and, they learn at a very young age, unless they're raised very differently, that, you know, if I'm feeling anything except for anger, I'm not permitted to show that. I'm not supposed to cry or I'm going to be shamed back into being the tough guy, right? And so this affects so many things in our society. And if you've ever heard the term toxic masculinity, this is definitely part of what they're talking about. And it all feeds back into the messages of the larger system of patriarchy, which, quite frankly, both men and women suffer from, as well as anyone who identifies as trans or non-gender conforming, right? Um, There are so many victims that fall prey to that system and so many toxic messages that come from that system. And so... A huge part of this work is actually dismantling the messages that have been communicated to you through this larger system of patriarchy and also white supremacy, right? Um, And really learning like what's true for you. How does it feel good for you to be in your emotions? And, you know, and I would argue that the best way to be in your emotions is to experience the whole continuum of your emotions, not because it's always comfortable, but because it really helps you embody the full range of who you are as a human being. And that is the key to, like I said, full embodiment in your leadership. So whether you're a man or, or a woman, or you identify somewhere along the gender gender continuum, um, it's just really important for all of us to truly claim what our emotional experience is like, because we're all human beings when it comes right down to it. So for men, what tends to happen is that all of their emotions get turned into anger. And oftentimes I actually call anger a secondary emotion because when you dig a little bit underneath the surface, there's usually another emotion underneath the anger. And You'll see this a lot just in the amount of violence that's perpetrated by men in our society. So if men feel anything other than, you know, anger at its core, it really gets kind of transferred into anger. So when I've worked with men in the past, you know, when we start to really unpack the anger, there's usually shame, there's grief, there's sadness, there's anxiety underneath the anger. 
And the more, you know, men can really start to recognize, well, what's the primary emotion that I'm feeling right now? Recognize and sit in that and really be able to communicate that to another person, then the anger actually loses a lot of its power. You don't get as angry. You decrease the amount of anger that's present in your life. And I know for a lot of men that I've worked with um, when I was a therapist, that there was a lot of this sense of, you know, I just feel angry all the time. And, you know, my partner is complaining that I'm just always angry and I don't get it. Right. And so it's super important to address this if you were raised as a male in your life. Um, and if you are currently identify as a male, that anger is just something that feels more comfortable for you because it feels like you can control your environment a little bit more through anger. It feels like you can do something with anger. And anger on a societal level is very much permissible for men, but very much discouraged for women. So tuning into the water element then is all about reclaiming your emotions, reclaiming your emotional experience, reclaiming the full spectrum of what it means for you to be human. And I have to say that, you know, obviously our emotions connect with our thoughts. And so, you know, between last week and this week, you know, we start to make those correlations of like, when I have this way of thinking, um, this way that my ego responds to any given situation, then this emotion accompanies that experience or that story and that way of being. And do the work of also knowing where that space is in in the body. So one of the things that often happens for us is that We have certain emotions that we're super comfortable with that are very much in our conscious realm. And even if they're uncomfortable, we're kind of aware that they're there. Most often I would say like sadness, um, especially for women, you know, when we're crying, when we're experiencing that emotion, we know what that is, right? We know when that shows up for us. But I would say like the emotions that are a little bit even more uncomfortable or not as permissible in society. And I tend to think of like shame, guilt, um, anger as one of the big ones. We sometimes don't even know when that emotion is coming up and it might be coupled with another emotion. So we might be sad and what we also might be feeling is shame. We might be sad and what we also might be feeling is anger at the same time. We're just expressing it through sadness, right? So there's a lot of layers to this and a lot of complexity that you might not think is there if you were to just kind of graze the surface. But what we do in this group program and really what we do through experiencing the water element is recognizing the depths of all of it, right? And when you think of a sea, when you think of an ocean, you think of the depth that is there, right? There's deeper and deeper levels that you can dive into, And so this is really a reclamation of your whole self, of your whole spectrum of human experience. And part of it is learning how to be uncomfortable with things that you've avoided for a long time, whether that avoidance has been very conscious or unconscious. And the emotional realm actually helps to open up the doors for us to recognize deeper stories and truths that we've operated from 
um, unconsciously in our lives, different roles that we've operated from. Because our emotions, if we can't really identify the stories, our emotions are such a kind of back way of entering the story. So if we don't know what we're telling ourselves, what the story that's unfolding is, all we have to do is look to the emotion that we're feeling, the emotion that we're unearthing, follow it through the body. And we can usually tap into a deeper story that isn't consciously evident for us in the way that we talk to ourselves. And so this is huge, especially for really high achieving women who have done already a ton of personal development because they kind of already know their stories. They are probably aware of a lot of their emotional experiences, but there's a story, there's a truth that's playing underneath the surface, deeper in the water that they're operating from, but they're they're not consciously able to tune into. So they might do a lot of processing. They might do a lot of bringing awareness to what's playing out in their conscious mind. But when we tap into that emotional state through the body, then all of this other stuff comes up and gets unearthed. And they usually have the response of like, whoa, I didn't even know that that was there. And I spent so much time thinking about what I'm thinking about. And this is the first time that I've really recognized, wow, this is actually what's playing out deeper um, underneath the surface level of what I've already recognized. So now what you might be wondering is, how do I actually do this work? How does this all happen? How do I get comfortable in the uncomfortable? How do I access my unconscious realm? How do I really dig deep into these emotions, right? And so I want to talk about the the couple of ways that I do this um, within the group program and also in my individual work with clients. First of all, I help them access emotions through the body. And so definitely for folks, for women who are high achieving, um, who run businesses, who, you know, are kind of always in the do, 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 one of the biggest struggles is for them to drop into the body. So a lot of, you know, what this group program is, is about how do we drop into the body and how do we stay there? How do we reprogram ourselves to really come from the space of, embodiment, tuning into what's happening within us instead of looking and asking the mind and what's external to us to solve a problem or to know what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to feel. And a lot of us are programmed that way. High achievers are not, but especially high achievers, there's a lot of energy up in the head like I talked about last week. So the first way we access the unconscious is through the body. And the reason is this because our bodies are basically like a blueprint of everything we've experienced, both in our own life, in our past lives, um, what our families have experienced. We carry all of that in the body. And there are so many research articles on this, a lot of things that draw correlations between what's showing up in our body and what's showing up in our emotional realm. So a lot of this is really repatterning how we ask ourselves questions, how we explore what's really happening within this. And so the answer is always like, where is it showing up in the body, right? Look at where is this emotion in my body? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How do I experience it? 
And this tends to actually be pretty hard for high achieving women to do, or just folks who are in their head um, and who kind of operate from that mind space because it's so uncomfortable, because they're not used to it, because a huge piece of this is actually learning how to be safe in your body. And I can tell you that most women have to build a relationship with their body before they feel safe going there. And this is a result of criticizing their body and society criticizing their body. So a lot of body shame. Um, This is a result of past traumas that they've experienced, sexual, physical abuse, right? So it's all of these layers that get put on the body. And for a lot of those reasons, women tend to disconnect from their body's experience. And so it's really, you know, through this whole group program and through this process, it's learning how do we feel safe in our bodies? How do we feel okay with accessing our bodies um, at a level that allows us to sit with what's coming up and recognize what's happening? So it is a practice. The other part is that because, you know, once we kind of identify the emotions that maybe we've been avoiding, the emotions that are unconscious to us, which we um, really access through the body, is that then we start to look at what that emotion really is and make a character out of that emotion. So I want to bring up, let's just kind of use the example of the emotion of fear, for instance. And fear for a lot of people can be really debilitating, I think is the best word for it. So if someone feels fear, and that's actually a huge shadow emotion because most people, especially men, but also definitely women, will not consciously register that what is happening is fear. So if you find yourself avoiding something and using a lot of coping strategies that numb you out, that tune you out, where you just keep avoiding doing something or taking action on something, there might be like a rational excuse behind it. There might be good reasoning, like rational reasoning behind it about why you can't do that coaching program or why you can't quit your job or why you can't do something that, you know, intuitively, you know, is going to make a huge change for you. And really the emotion that lays underneath that is always fear, always. So even if you're not consciously recognizing it, fear is present in so many facets of our experience. And it's so important, in fact, that it's going to be brought up in uh, one of the other modules through another one of the elements that I'm going to talk about next week, which is the earth element. Um, so while we do dive into fear here, there's also a whole separate piece we do on fear when we talk about the earth element. So fear is really something that underneath the surface is governing our life. And we do or don't do certain things because of the level of fear that we have with them. And so what I say when I, you know, work with business owners, um, with entrepreneurs is that you really have to be on the edge of your fear when you're working your business. So there's healthy fear and unhealthy fear, which I will touch on next week. But essentially, it's really important for us to start knowing what fear looks like and making it into less of a monster. 
one of the things that happens with fear and also a lot of the other emotions like anger, shame, is that we've avoided them for so long that they've turned into these bigger than life kind of states of being that feel very scary for us to approach. So when it comes to like even interacting with our emotions, fear is showing up in that space even, right? And so if we can do the work of really understanding what our fear, what our anger, what our shame looks like, what it feels like in our bodies, how it talks to us, when we can face that, automatically the energy around it starts to shift. And a lot of this is really shifting the energy of your relationship with all of these parts of your consciousness. So when you start to put a face and a name and a way of being to that emotion, although it might sound silly to some, you actually just face a part of yourself that is very real and that is also then a lot less scary. And even that initial step just starts to shift so much within your experience. And when you're able to face that emotion head on and really interact with it and create a relationship that's not a power struggle, but that is a collaboration. And I talk a lot about this. If you follow me on Instagram, I talk a lot about this, that what often happens in our relationship with thoughts and emotions is that there's a power struggle that happens. And it's either us like fighting our thought or emotion really strongly or running away from our thought or emotion, which makes the thought or emotion bigger than it actually is in reality. And so the more that we can actually face that part of ourselves, sit with the discomfort, sit with where that's showing up in the body, the more we start to really shift and change how we interact in that space and the power dynamics change. So instead of butting heads or running away, we are actually sitting there and collaborating and talking through what is happening. And that creates such immense space for you to shift what that emotion means to you, how it affects your life and how you are being with that emotion. And that is a huge key to you walking with certain emotions when they show up and not running away from them, being conscious of when that emotion shows up so that you can actually choose from the space of your soul instead of from a space of your fear or anger or shame. And that is what we are truly doing as we are learning how to embody our leadership is we're learning how we can start to change who shows up in the driver's seat, who drives your life bus, who drives your business bus. And oftentimes they're actually the same bus. So it completely changes how you are in your life and how quickly you're able to shift out of and embody something different for yourself instead of really getting stuck in something. Because when we're playing something out of our unconscious patterning, we're actually stuck in that patterning until we recognize what the patterning is and we start to shift that pattern and shift how we show up. So one step is definitely this piece of, you know, I'm recognizing what the unconscious emotion is. I'm shifting my relationship to that emotion. And then I'm also then starting to create more space for my soul to show up, to direct me, to give me clarity. And then I'm acting more from the space of my soul, from the space of my embodied wildness, right? 
And that is really what we are trying to achieve here. We're not trying to get rid of the emotions. We're not trying to get rid of the thoughts. I really don't think that's possible, nor do I believe it. I think that our thoughts shift with time, our beliefs shift with time. Um, the more that we act, the quicker they shift, right? Um, but our emotions, you know, things get triggered. It's the spiral, right? We're going to keep coming back to some emotions, and that might be frustrating for us, but we're not actually coming back to the same spot. We're coming back to a different evolvement of that emotion within a different space in your embodiment, within a different space in your leadership. So none of the work you ever do is for naught. It's not useless. Don't feel like you're actually tracking back. It's just another version of that emotion that's showing up in a different level of your leadership. And so this really teaches you the skills to then learn how to sit with that and also uncover deeper unconscious programming that is underneath the surface. And I've been doing this work for a while and I still uncover deeper unconscious programming. This isn't like you get, you know, you shed a layer and then that's it. There's always other layers because we're humans and we're going to continue progressing through different layers of leadership. And so I have to say that, you know, this is, we really start to get deep into this emotional space and the emotions are actually what cause some of the biggest reactions we have. And so the more activated we are, the deeper we're able to dive, right? So the water element is really so rich. Um, there's so much to unpack within the space and there's always more. And that might feel frustrating, but it's also really beautiful because it shows the depth of who we are as human beings. And honestly, one of the things that I love the most about people is that we are complex. And sometimes that complexity definitely shows up really toxic in a toxic way, right? But, you know, when we look at the depth of the human experience and what we're truly able to feel and know in this world and how our emotions guide us from that space, it is so powerful. And this is actually one of the things that I'm really passionate about activating within women, within pretty much any human being is that if we can activate that emotional space within us, we're going to be able to lead from such a more, a place that is in more integrity, a place that is really more true for us and who we are and who we want to claim to truly be in this life. And the more we do that, then the more we model vulnerability to other people. And honestly, we need more people to share from their heart, to be vulnerable with each other so we can all meet each other within our own human experience, within what it really means to be a human being. And that is powerful medicine. That is powerful leadership. That is an embodied person, right? And so I really believe that the more that we can each individually be embodied and teach that to others, the better and kinder world we are going to have. So for every leader, for women in business, for you know entrepreneurs, for any service-based provider, healer, whatever, CEO, 
this is such a growth area for each and every one of us because there's so much programming telling us that it's wrong to act from this space and it's wrong to tune into this space. So the more that we can reclaim this space, learn how to stand it in it and really flow with our emotional state and be vulnerable with it to an appropriate degree, whatever's within our boundaries. The more empowered we become, the truer we become to ourselves and the more we live in our life purpose. That is what I had for you today and the water element and how that correlates with our emotional realm. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got a lot of nuggets of wisdom from it. And if you are loving what you are hearing, please do leave us a review and let us know how much you love it. Share with your friends and family. And please tune in for the next installment of this series on the earth element. And I will see you all soon.